Welcome to the podcast that teaches you how to transform your life and your business. Here is your host, Rick Hyland, and this is CI for Life. Okay, welcome to another CI for Life podcast. I'm here with my special guest, Jenny Toe. Jenny, welcome to the podcast. Hey, hi, Rick. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure uh, calling you all the way down from Singapore today. You're our first guest in 75 episodes uh, down in uh, Asia. So it's very exciting to have you today. Jenny, why don't you just talk and, and mention to the listeners some of your background? Wow, I'm honored to be your 75th guest and the first one from Asia. Thank you, Rick. Uh, well, Rick, I am uh, my, my first career is as an attorney and I've been in this career for over 24 years. But about two years ago, I felt called uh, to, to make this switch, this career transition. So I started training as a life coach and um, started my business at the peak of the pandemic. And yeah. this is where I am at right now. So um, the reason for me to make this shift, such a big shift after you know such a long career in law, was that I felt that this is my personal calling. I'm a Christian. So I felt that after a lot of prayer, that this is what God wants me to do in this season of my life to help individuals also discover what their values are and how to align their lives with their core values and eventually find out what's their purpose as well. Oh, now you've hit a couple of terms there, and that's why I wanted you on the podcast. Um, we're big purpose fans on CI for Life, and so I want to ask you about that. But also, I'm reading the book on positive intelligence and, um, and your concept of mental fitness. But let's start with purpose. Tell us about, and I, it fits into your background and story there, but why is purpose so important? And, and uh, mention again your purpose. Well, I believe that purpose is important because all of us live busy lives. So without a purpose, it's as though we are living our lives without this compass, without our one true north. Then we'll just end up just being busy, almost like a hamster running on, on the wheel uh, day in, day out. And, and you will soon find that something's not quite right in your life. You may be doing very well professionally and on the personal front, mm -hmm. but there's just this something missing. And that's how I felt when you know, I was pushing aside uh, this urge to, to start training as a life coach. Um, I kept pushing aside because I have a day job and also have a family with three kids. I felt that I didn't have time. So I couldn't push it aside any longer in the beginning of uh, 2019. And that's when I started training as a coach. So that's that's my belief that if someone doesn't have a purpose, you are almost traveling on this life journey without a compass. Mm, I love those concepts of com compass and true north. And you're absolutely right. I just read a piece of literature that I have mentioned to my li uh, listeners before, but a piece of research that came out in 2018 around the same time period that says, this is before COVID, that said you can respond to a crisis five times faster if you have a clear purpose. So uh, you're, you're a shining example of that, and congratulations. I know that takes a lot of courage to hop out of a legal career and a good-paying job to do this. So well done. I'm, I'm excited to hear more from you. Specifically on positive intelligence, I, I uh, have just also read the book by, uh, and I'll let you mention his name, um, and I'm fascinated by it, and I want you to kind of talk about your journey with it. I know you've been certified through that. So tell us about positive intelligence and your journey with that. Oh, thank you, Rick. Well, he, 
He is uh, Dr. Shazad Shumin. He's the Stanford lecturer and also the New York bestseller of the book, Positive Intelligence, which you are reading right now. So I um, joined his uh, Positive Intelligence Coach community last year because I was intrigued with the idea of uh, how positive intelligence increases our mental fitness. So just like physical fitness, you need to go to the gym and, and train up in order to be physically strong. But for our mental fitness, how do we train our brain? So the definition of mental fitness is the ability to be able to handle life's challenges uh, with a resilient and positive mindset. So it doesn't mean you take a Pollyanna approach to everything and, and ignore the, the tough parts of life. It's actually going through life, being fully aware of you know, the challenges and how best to deal with those challenges. Oh, I love that. Positive, the ability to deal with life challenges with a resilient and in positive mindset. Is that what you said? Yes, Rick. That's correct. Okay. So tell us more about positive intelligence and kind of his theory on the good, the bad, the pro and the con and what's going on inside as we go with the critic and et cetera. Can you go a little deep dive into that? Sure, sure. So he he studied um, positive and, uh, intelligence based on research that he did with his Stanford students, with 500 CEOs, senior executive uh, leaders. And it's actually a synthesis of positive psychology, uh, neuroscience, cognitive uh, behavioral therapy. Uh, so he's, he put all this together. And, and basically, he broke it down into very basic principles uh, as though, you know, if you're a painter, you only need three core colors to be able to paint this rainbow of, of colors in, in your artwork. So simply, he broke it down to three aspects of how to build up your mental core muscle. So firstly, is to identify the saboteur voices in your minds. So on his website, you can all, your listeners can go to positiveintelligence.com and, and just look at the assessment tab. There's a free survey there to do uh, a simple test and you'll be able to find out what the saboteurs are in your mind. So normally we, we are overwhelmed with this saboteur voices, but if you do not know who they are, yeah. uh, it's as though you are walking blindly. You know that something's not quite right in you, but you cannot identify uh, these voices. So the assessments help you to identify who are these voices in your mind. And once you're more aware, you'll be able to catch them. So it's almost like a wanted poster. So you know that, oh, my, my saboteur is uh, the main one is a stickler. So that's being a perfectionist. So I know that. So when I feel this perfectionist trait coming up, I'm like, aha, you know, that's my saboteur trying to hijack me, trying to overwhelm me. So that's the first core element. The second one is once you know your saboteur, you'll be able to uh, do some simple exercises just to stop your your mind from going on autopilot mode, stopping mm -hmm. yourself for a while to move into this more sage-like thinking. So a sage-like thinking is calmer, it sees uh, things from a higher level and you have more clarity and, and also courage to be able to uh, move forward into your life purpose. So how do we move from the saboteur mindset to the yeah. sage mindset yeah. is to increase your self-command muscles. And, and in the book, and also if you are trained with him, he goes into a lot of exercises for you to increase your self-command muscles. Self-command. Say more about that and how do we do it? 
Yeah. So in, in life, uh, when you're so busy and, and you're preoccupied with things, you just tend to do things on autopilot mode. Yeah. So simply because if you feel stressed and, and you know, if you know that this is your particular salvature acting up, you might feel it in your body. So you could feel it on your shoulders, a tension in your head. So that is a trigger to identify that, oh, I know I'm now thinking in my saboteur frame of mind. So what he recommends is just stopping. You can just stop where you are. If you're driving, please don't do this. You don't close your eyes when you're driving. But if you're driving, you could just do, uh, what's the nearest sound I can hear? And what's the furthest sound I can hear? So it's just simply moving your mind instead of being obsessed with that particular thought, like I'm stressed, I'm late, I'm stuck in traffic. You yeah. just move to a simple exercise. So the sound exercise is when you cannot close your eyes. Just listen to the nearest sound. Just listen to the furthest sound. What happens when you do that is that your mind actually stops from going on autopilot mode and it kind of suspends itself in a different frame of mind. And that's when you calm down. So a lot of people say that I don't have time for meditation. I don't afford, I can't afford the time to sit half an hour to meditate. So simple exercises like this actually is a form of meditation. It brings you into this calmer way of thinking. So the fact, how do you build a self-command muscle? You must be aware of your saboteur triggers. And you must also equip yourself with the small, simple exercises, you know, just, just to bring yourself into a more sage-like thinking. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I love this topic, Jenny, and I want you to explore some more saboteurs with us so listeners can, if this is the first time they're hearing it. But just in context, I think, you know, my parents' generation uh, and to mine, they learned the value of physical exercise, right? They, they were so busy earning a living and getting started and, you know, and now we have running and exercise clubs. Look at over the last 40 years, how that, is, that industry has just boomed, and we all know the value of physical exercise and getting out three to five times a week and walking and running, whatever it might be. And, um, and now I think we're entering that phase over the last 10 years and forward on realizing it's just as important to develop your brain and your mental fitness. We, we, don't, we think going to school and getting a degree is our mental fitness, where when you're dealing with overwhelm and stress and saboteurs, you actually have to have strategies and skills and tools to be able to cope and build your muscle mentally. So this is why I think this is so important. So for listeners that maybe this is kind of the first time they're, they're hearing the idea, you've mentioned one saboteur, and that is the perfectionist. What are some others? There's the critic or judge or give us some ideas on some yes. of the other main saboteurs. Sure. If you go to his website, when you do assessment, all this will be more, uh, it will be clarified. But yes, all of us, Rick, have the master saboteur and he is known as the judge. So the judge shows up in us in a lot of ways, um, but primarily is the judge of self. How we judge ourselves. I'm not good enough. Uh, I can never do this. And the second part of it is the judge of others. Um, you know, why did I marry him? Or why is my son turning out to be this way? So you're judging others. And the final one is the judge of circumstances. So your car breaks down. You're saying that, you know, that life is against me. Why, why do bad things happen to me all the time? So you can see that the judge comes up in so many ways. And the judge does not act alone. So he is fueled by nine saboteurs. But of course, in all of us, there are likely to be only two or three that comes up together and they are the accomplice saboteurs. So mine is the stickler, i.e. the perfectionist. And you also have the controller, the hyperachiever, the hypervigilant. So a lot of parents tend to also be hypervigilant because they're worried about the adverse consequences that could uh, befall their children. You also have the restless, the avoider, 
Um, then there's the pleaser. Let me see. Do, did I cover all that? I may yeah, that, have missed out too. So well, that's fine. No, but I think you've hit the main ones there. Thank you, um, Stickler. And the judge are pretty strong in me, and I've realized that, and that's why I'm learning meditation and breath work and different things like that. But you've given us also another little quick um, that I hadn't gotten to in the book, that whole sound exercise so that you're changing your focus onto something else rather than the critic or the perfectionist that's going on inside. What other tools or methods would you suggest to get to the sage and away from the saboteur? Well, I, I like using this one. It is, it's more of touch. So if I'm attending a meeting and I, I feel a bit stressed, you just take uh, your thumb and your index finger and you gently rub them together, just focusing on the ridges of, of your fingertips. And uh, you can still do that with your eyes open. You can still do that while listening to people. You can actually just hold your hand and no one can really see it. But I, I realized that when I really feel the ridges of my, my fingertips, I'm not worried anymore about you know what, uh, what stress I'm feeling. And all this happens within 10 seconds. Uh, Rick, I'm not saying that you need to do this for 30 minutes and then people might think what happened to you during a meeting. You just do this for 10 seconds. It stops your mind from going into the saboteur way of thinking. And then suddenly you feel calmer. So like you said, together with breath work. So you could do the, the fingertip uh, rubbing together, feeling the ridges and breathing. Just taking two, three deep breaths. You will find that your body calms down and then you're be better able to focus in the meeting or you're better able to have that difficult conversation. So you don't need a uh, big things, big shifts, these small shifts. But like what you said earlier about um, physical fitness, you do need to train this. So you can't do this exercise once per day and, and then expect your mental muscles to be strong. It's like physical fitness. You need to go to the gym regularly. So for this, uh, in his book and also in his training, he recommends doing this uh, as often as you can. But for beginners, you pace yourself. You do this every two hours. You can set an alarm in your phone. Um, even if you're not stressed, you take that time off. If you've got more time, you can do two to five minutes, your favorite meditation, listening to a sound, uh, looking at something and really observing uh, the, the shape, the texture of that thing. So it's all actually about using your five senses without uh -huh. being cluttered by you know, the mental chatter in our minds. It's just stopping ourselves. And we rarely have the time to stop ourselves if we don't uh, practice this. So it has to become a habit. That's why um, I take my clients through a six-week program just to teach them. You know, It's not difficult. You just need to set aside a minute after every two, three hours. Uh, surely you can afford a minute. Of course, a lot of clients say, I'm busy, I don't have the time. But once they see the benefit of it, uh, they'll realize, oh, it was so simple all along. Yeah, I, I love this five senses idea and I love the simplicity of what you're doing. You know, I've heard of athletes when they're uh, stressed and trying to get back in their mental focus, they, you know, they might flick their wristband or pick up their socks, but it's some kind of trigger to them to kind of release the, the negative, whatever they're, you know, a bad play or whatever, and to move on to something positive. And that's kind of the idea you, you've got with the thumb and finger, right? It's a bit of a yes. trigger to take away, move from the saboteur to try to calm yourself and move on to a better. And it's almost like you, your awareness skills, your, your uh, observation skills are being honed, right? You have to be aware of when your saboteur is taking you over in, in spiraling 
So awareness is a big part of this. And I imagine that's what you're trying to do with the five senses is to get back really conscious and aware. Is that correct? Yes. And also the savager assessment will help you identify your savages. So uh, Rick, like I said, you know, yours is the stickler and, and the judge, it comes up. So every time it comes up, you know, see them as not being who you are. They are not helping you. They are not who you are. So uh, Dr. Shazad Shamin was actually uh, advising us that you can name your savages just for the fun of it so that, you know, it really becomes like another person. Uh, so he calls his the executioner because his judge comes up really hard and strong and, and being very harsh. So it's almost seeing like, this is not me. This is not my true essence and this is not helping me out. So for me, my triggers is when I feel stressed, I feel this tension in my shoulders. So it's quite yeah. easy. When I feel that coming up, I'm like, okay, Jenny, you need to do something. So it's just a matter of taking deep breaths. Ideally, I can close my eyes and just listen to sounds or touch. But you know, if, if I'm in a meeting, I can't do that. So I love the, the, the thumb and, and uh, you know, rubbing and, and feeling the, the ridges because you can do that anywhere. And you need, need to do it for 10 to 15 seconds to, to stop being hijacked. I love it, Jenny. I love everything you're talking about here. And congratulations on the courage to follow your purpose. Um, and so where they can find this assessment you mentioned is positiveintelligence.com. Yes, .com. And then there's uh, a tab there that says assessment. It's free. Um, anyone can can go ahead and do it and they'll discover what their savages are. I guess my warning is that when you first discover your savages, like when you're aware, they show up everywhere. So Rick, like you're thinking of buying a red car, you see red cars everywhere. Yeah. So the moment you realize that you are a stickler or, or you're a pleaser, you'll be like, oh my goodness, I'm a pleaser. So, so he also reminds us to be kind to ourselves. Now that you're aware of savages, don't feel bad. Don't feel that, you know, what happened to me? They've been with you all this time. They started being with you when you were probably around seven because of, of your, your experiences. So don't be hard on yourself. Just know that they are not there to help you. And then you practice this uh, exercises, this self-command exercises, and you get better. And, and before you know it, you can look at your savages like, aha, I know you're showing up now. I, you're not going to get the better of me. So he was like, saying, actually make it a bit lighthearted because we are stressed enough as it is. I love it, Jenny. Yeah, that's a really good insight to be not overwhelmed as you identify your, <laughs> be kind and gentle with yourself. So Jenny, um, great insights. Again, congratulations for the courage to move into this coaching career from a legal career. Uh, wish you all the success. If people want to hear more about what you do and, and uh, need some help, where can they find you? Oh, they can just go to www.riverlifecoaching.com and you can also find me on LinkedIn. I'm quite active right there over there. So just Jenny Toh, T-O-H on LinkedIn. So tell us more. Why'd you name it River Life? Oh, because uh, when I was training as a coach, this is my coaching process. It's my coaching model. I did a paper on it. So again, it, it comes back to the value and the purpose. The river source is your value and beliefs. And from your river source, that's where your river life flows. Hmm, uh, so if your source. source is pure, you'll be able to, to flow freely. Very nice. Very deep. Love it, Jenny. Again, thank you so much. Uh, it's great to connect with you and all the best of success in the future. Thank you, Rick. Thank you.